Hey, this is Benjamin Mara. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice. The sound of the dappy yoo-hoo-woo-hoo is ringing in my ears and the snow's pelting the ground. What could be better? <laughs> Not much. Right? Well, we're all straight together. Oh, that'd be nice. We'd have to eat Jason because he's lean. He is lean. Right? Yeah. Don't don't isn't it? Like, you don't want to eat the lean meat, right? Like, it's, you don't really want to eat some meat that's got some, some, some you know, some... Some, some gristle, some fat to it, some gristle. Well, uh, here's yeah, my reason. If 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 we had to resort to eating Dap or myself, there's no way we're going to consume the entire bodies, especially Dap. You know what I mean? But let's um, be honest, we would eat you. We would eat you because Dap's a good cook. So I'd rather him stay alive and like season up your your. your meat. <laughs> you are so bougie. So you're you're, you're you're in a situation where you're you're fighting for your life. You need sustenance, and you're worrying about how it's cooked. Yeah, like, well, I'm saying if, if yeah. I have to kill one of you and eat you, I'd rather keep the one that can cook alive. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, it's mean, just logic. Yeah. It's a, yeah, okay. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 829. And apparently, I'm the main course because I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. You are, you are delectable. I am David A. Price. Indeed, you are. And speaking of it, I'm dead because, of course, I'm Lancelot Jones. Oh, you're not Lancelot Jones. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here again on this uh, episode, we're going to fill your ears with comic book goodness. And you know who makes this stuff possible? You can blame the patrons. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They give to us. We give back to them. It is a family situation. We gather each and every day on our dedicated Slack channel. Dedicated? Is that a new word? It's a a brand new word. The little little trademark came out of my mouth. You didn't see it. It was a cartoon. But uh, the dedicated Slack channel where we gather each and every day to talk about everything under the sun. If you would like to get a bird's eye view as to what this whole Patreon experience is and the 11 o'clock family stuff, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe. We would love to have you. And that's the last time you're going to hear about it. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I like it. Hey, they know what's good. Yeah, you know what's good? What's in your cup? Oh, Oh. Oh, that's a good question. That was a good segue. Highly unlike you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am actually drinking alcoholic adult beverages. Nice. Yes, because like I said, I'm probably not going to have work tomorrow. Um, So I'm drinking a uh, a beverage that is very near and dear to my heart. I absolutely adore the taste of this thing. I don't drink it for the effects. I drink it for the taste. I am swilling on some Sam Adams Winter Lager. Okay. I love Sam Adams. You do. You do. It's been a while since I've heard you mention them, but you do. It's festive and smooth like me. Well, listen, you guys know that no part of the year makes me happier than Christmas time. This is true. It's true. And because of that, because you're my booze and I'm, I, I had a long week, look very much looking forward to this evening, I too am drinking. Yay. I got some great... Brand new, brand new wine for the Woodhouse Old. It is High Valley Stage, 
Cabernet Sauvignon from Lake County, California, 1871 is the label. Now, it's not – the wine isn't from 1871. But uh, this is – the wifey picked this up. So I don't know much about it other than it was sitting in our wine rack and looked oh, looked, looked like it was ready to drink. It is delicious, though. Don't, no idea if it's expensive, not expensive. So to be determined, I'll get back to you all. But really good. Nice. Love it. Uh, what you got? This um, I had from the Bartesian advent calendar. <gasps> what? Yes. Oh, you haven't, you oh, haven't been. You haven't been in the drink and alcohol. Chat. No, I, I, I don't, I'm not part of the channel. Um, I, I joined for one day to post the uh, the, the advent <laughs> the uh, post. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no. So okay. So Bartesian has a twelve days of Christmas advent calendar. So every night. We want only twelve, though. I, Advent I, is by definition twenty-five. Yeah. It's a, it's the box is only a big. I don't know. You're an Advent so, snob. So right. <laughs> so uh, it started yesterday with, um, and yesterday was a Great Gatsby, which is a vodka drink, and it is it was spectacular. Uh, tonight's was a Clausmopolitan. Oh, that's cute. Which. Um, which actually no 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 I'm sorry last night was last night was gin today was vodka um, I did a little cranberry action with it it tastes really good uh, so I had that while making dinner uh, crispy tofu and so mm. right now though must be nice it was uh, right now as part of the um, Separate from the advent calendar, their holiday collection. This is the uh, holiday spiced, old fashioned, uh, which has a little bit of. Uh, it's got that holiday scent thing going on with it. There's some cinnamon here, some uh, the orange bitters. It's 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 good. It it's an elevated, old fashioned. I do like their old fashioned, but this is actually a uh, a smidge better to me. So that's that's nice. What's, uh, that's yeah, what's that is good. We love to see it. So it basically forces you to drink every day for twelve days. Yes. Nice. I like it's the that. Season. Yeah. Hey. What? Yeah. What have it? It. It is the season, and um, I like to give thanks to to two of our uh, brethren. Nice. Go yes. I, I. Yes. I. I too. Probably. I, I don't know if they're the same brethren, but I have thanks as well. Well, That's I would why. like to thank Mitchell and Mr. Okay. Jeff Carter because uh-huh. uh, they they done me some solids, and thank you very much. Respect. Uh, so we're 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 one for two. Um, I mean, I love Mitchell, so I'll thank him just for being Mitchell. Like that's cool. True. Yeah. Yeah. Look uh, at you. Your heart that. is gigantic. But but uh, but I also but I but I I have no specific reason to thank Mitchell other than just he's who he is. But I do have a specific reason, like you, for thanking uh, Mr. Jeff Carter, who gave me a very lovely uh, Christmas gift and a nice letter. And I have a thank you for another one of our crew, uh, Mr. K.J. Eldridge. Who um, you know, KJ is a is a talented artist in his own right, along with being a supporter of the show. And he drew a domino during Inktober and uh, sent it to me, which was very thoughtful. So thank you to that. And then before Dap, if he I don't know if he has thank yous, but before he goes, so I don't forget, I want to send a humongous congratulations to longtime friend of ours and uh, and a guest. He's been a guest a couple times over the years, Mr. Sean Pryor who finally made an honest woman out of his lovely, now bride, Allison. Oh, that that's married, nice. Uh, this past weekend. Yeah, Fantastic. so uh, super happy for, for yeah. him and, and Allison. I don't know her, I, but he's a damn good man. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never met Allison, but I know that 
when we became friends with Sean way back in the day during those old CGS forum days, he was married uh, to right. another person and, and that didn't work out. And uh, he was sort of unlucky in love and pretty heartbroken for a long time. And then he met Allison and his heart grew uh, five times. So I think, I think she's really been good for him and I think they have a great relationship. Nice. So, so Mazel Tov. Yep. KJ's the uh, dude too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great dude. Absolutely. Um, I have to, uh, I want to give a shout out to Jeff for uh, the, the very, very nice card and the very thoughtful, uh, thoughtful gift he sent. It's going to go, Hanging up right next to uh, some of the other Star Trek things I have, uh, and uh, you know what? I do want to give a um, give a shout out to uh, to our good pal, Mister Peter Drummond. Thinking of him, hope everything is okay. Yeah, yeah. good call Big on time. that as well. Yeah, for sure. Y'all for sure. trying? You're trying to take the EOC heart crown away from me. I, I don't know if I'm, yeah, if I'm digging. I don't this. know if that's a hard fight to, to, to wage, bro. Gonna, you, yeah, uh, no, that's yeah, you, totally yours. Yours to hold on to, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Well, I'm going first because I. You're you always you you always go first. Dude. No, Viva. I, I, I <laughs> none of this is true. Uh-huh. If if they go back and scan the last eight hundred plus episodes, yeah, they'll see yeah, you always go first. Are you gonna believe my me or your lion ears? Well, anyway, uh huh. It's been a long, long, lonely, lonely time since I talked about this publisher. A long time. But the Picture cover, uh, I wish. If Picture Box were back, you would hear me in Jersey squeeing <laughs> with joy. But um. We used to talk about this publisher on the regular, uh, not oh, too not too long good. ago. But um, the covers to this book, uh, extremely hyper violent covers to this book, really they turned my head. So I'm like, I'm gonna check this out because I love the character. I read Bloodshot Unleashed one to three, written by uh, Dennis Camp, illustrated by John David Hunt. Uh, color art by Jordi Belair, big surprise. And this book is noteworthy because it is the very first mature reader's valiant title. Wow. I was thinking that maybe some of the stuff we've read in the past should have been mature readers, right. but apparently yeah. it wasn't branded as such. So this is the first official valiant mature reader's title. I'm shocked by that. Because like you said, I mean... Like the Lemire bloodshot stuff was like yeah. plenty of violent, right? That was yeah. Well, that's the the thing with this book. Um there's a little bit of language in it um to justify the mature reader's title, but the, the real reason for the, the, the tag is the violence. They cram home the fact that Bloodshot the nanites in Bloodshot's system can repair his body. So he is mashed mangled pulled apart shot in the head blown up like every way that you can destroy a human body is in this book and it's awesome there's even the equivalent of a wood chipper in the he gets put in a (laughs) wood chipper i'm like okay whatever Uh, it's it's not a wood chipper but uh, whatever so um the the rub is that um now there like i said there has been a good span of time between the bloodshot stuff that we talked about and the current bloodshot stuff that I have read. Uh, remember Magic? The young lady to which Bloodshot was attached. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Uh, apparently, she is no more, from what I can glean from this book. And Do you have any concept of how many issues of Bloodshot we like have have happened uh, since since like we were into it? I th- well, we left when Lemire did. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Do you know right. So I'm titles? thinking, I would guess at least uh, eight to ten. Okay. Probably, I don't know. I, I, I like. I, I haven't been keeping tracks on it. I, I know that they were publishing, obviously, some kind of bloodshot series in in between then and now. But as to the details, the only stuff I'm finding out is through this book. So apparently, Magic and Bloodshot had a child, and both of them are dead. Like it's a feel good world for for yeah. An- well, they, Angela. They, they had the child when they, during Lemire's run. Yes. Okay. They died during Lemire's run? No, I'm saying that the child existed is my Right, but yeah. the the deaths. Mm-hmm. Um also, apparently, as is the way of, of these shadow organizations, Project Rising Spirit was not the only clandestine black ops organization pumping out augmented soldiers uh for America. There were others. There was Project Winds of Change, Project Deep Pockets, Project Uphill Battle, <laughs> and more, right? But the thing uh, that this series focuses on is when all of those augmented soldiers' dastardly deeds were finished, where they, they did their service to America, and something flipped, and they became either too unstable or too violent to put back into active duty— they were retired, in quotes, and shipped off to an off-the-books holding facility, which was a decommissioned nuclear missile silo that they called the dump. So you would think, hey, all right, problem solved. We got all these nasties locked up. Everybody's safe. Well, wrong. Um, uh, there's an orchestrated breach of the facility, and the enhanced soldiers are freed. So now there's 27 entities on the loose, all of them capable of erasing a major city on their lonesome, right? These guys are nasty, and and I'm assuming ladies, they're nasty business, right? So enter this nameless government operative who uh, presents Bloodshot with all the aforementioned information, and and she's hoping that... uh, he'll eliminate the 27 mega threats but she's not giving him anything in return it's not like oh you know we'll 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 tell you who killed your parents or we'll we'll find you know what i mean there's no there's no carrot on a stick she's just like someone should know about this stuff and and, you know and, and be aware of it someone with your capabilities so you know you can actually do something about it because bloodshot's reputation precedes him right he casts a pretty long shadow and thus, the escapees will probably be gunning for him anyway. Like, I took out Bloodshot. Look at me. I'm the biggest stick on the block, right? So, um, like I said, Bloodshot recently lost his family. And uh, I'm not aware of the specifics. But she lays all this out for Bloodshot. She show, shows him some files. And then and the whole while she's drinking, like wh- whiskey or something. She's like, oh, this tastes good. She takes out a gun and puts a bullet in her brain. Like she commits suicide right in front of him. Hmm. Yeah, and that's how the book um, begins. Bloodshot's alone, and he keeps pumping rounds into his head because 
Damn. Because the 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 painful memories go away when the nanites do their job. And and as he his body reconstructs, the memories slowly fade back in, so he's granted a brief reprieve from his sadness by blowing away his brain. It's nuts, right? So in issue number one, he goes after this Lieutenant Robert Chambers, who came from Project Deep Pockets. Uh, the guy takes out an entire town. town's name was Liberty. Uh, the town in which he was born and raised, mainly to get back at everyone that wronged him. Like, I'm going to kill my daddy. He was an asshole and raised me wrong. And I'm going to go kill the girl who I loved and cheated on me and went with somebody else. But he doesn't stop there. Guilt is contagious to this guy. Like, basically, if you're human, you're guilty. So um, here's the the weird thing, the, a little bit of a Marvel-esque edge on it. Chambers can access a pocket dimension where, hmm. he, where he can pull any weapon out of it he wants. Oh, I like that. But that's a bit like, um, what what's the guy's name that was in Daredevil who could do that? Yeah. Uh, not, uh, was not it random. Ballistic? Not ballistic, um, you, you know what I'm shotgun, something like that. The guy, the guy could reach in, and he had access to all these weapons. Yeah. Um. So it's it's really disturbing because the town is basically dismembered, blowed up, body bodies all over the place, and um, there's even a a nod to uh, Rob Liefeld in it where. Uh, Chambers says, I'm going to have to get extreme. And he pulls out this massive, massive gun <laughs> and, and lays it on his shoulders like, you know, like Liefeld stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, Bloodshot has to deal with that. In issue number two, there's uh, an escapee named Captain Bill Hagen who had his brain implanted in a nuclear-powered assault mech. He was a pilot. And um, he 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 f- flew for Lombard, who made you know planes or something, and um, Lombard Motors, and they have a factory in this Michigan town, and the factory's leaking radiation, and everybody in the town is falling apart. Their teeth are falling out, their hair, they're dying in their bed in pools of their own blood. Like it's a really cheerful book, let me tell you. Um, so this guy. Because of his allegiance to Lombard, he's guarding the plant. And he's in this giant mech, and Bloodshot has to take him out. And then uh, in issue number three, Bloodshot teams up with... Who do you think would be the first one he teams up with in the Valiant universe? Uh, uh, Galad. No, that's in issue Harvard. four. Exo. Exo oh, Manor. Oh, okay, yeah. Makes sense. Um, there's an infestation of uh, a parasite that is extremely feared by the vine. This parasite has taken out entire worlds, and it takes root in a town uh, with another infection, a religious snake handler dude that um, believes this parasite, which takes the shape of a, a serpent, is uh, God. And he's swaying the entire populace to his um, beliefs, but this god is infecting the population and multiplying. So, it, like I said, it's it's a it's an alien like parasite, and so he teams up with Exo uh, to take that out. But the the whole book, the whole series to date, it, it just shows you the depths. 
that Project Rising Spirit sunk to manipulate and coerce Bloodshot. Like all the false memories, they walk around and talk to him. Like the, the ghost of this implanted memory of his son, Charlie. The kid has a paper hat on, like a newspaper folded hat and this play sword. And he's talking to him and he's like, this this kid's not here. It just doesn't exist. But it it seems like it does. And then this false memory of his wife, who's not magic, um, appears and it's uh it's nuts it's disturbing to say the least but um a really inventive take on bloodshot um camp does something that i haven't seen maybe i have but i didn't remember it and at least it wasn't done this well bloodshot resorts to cannibalism to feed his to feed his nanites the the uh uh the bill hagen is beating the ever-loving shit out of him, like destroying him. And he, his body needs sustenance, needs protein to, to repair, and he doesn't have any. And so he finds a dead body and just chows down on the dude, just eats, you know, his rotting flesh <laughs> to, to, to kick his <laughs> his, uh, his healing uh, mechanism back into Getting it. Getting where you fit in, you know. Yeah, I loved I it. I, I thought the book, I mean, I enjoyed each and every issue. It was like... That big span of time didn't happen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, the the art by John David Hunt is a lot like Juan Jose Rip. It's extremely mm-hmm. detailed. He did uh, the um, I'm sorry the 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 Wildstorm book that uh, Warren Ellis was writing. I think it was, this, but yeah, I, I, I did. I'm pretty sure that was him. Vince. Please go ahead and continue. But there's a lot of red in the book. If you are disturbed or um, off-put by uh, violence, then this is not the book for you. I mean, it's it's it answers the musical question, how many ways can we dismember the human body? <laughs> I mean, one panel, Bloodshot gets his arms, torso, and his head ripped off. Like, it's... And he comes back from it, you know? It, it's, it's Wolverine on, on, uh, on light speed. So I, I thought it was great. It, it's, it was a nice diversion. It, it was very well written. Um, there's a neat little pastiche in the uh, issue number two where they use moray and a dot pattern to make it look like the the uh, assault mech sequences came from an old comic. So I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just buckle up because it, if next issue, like I said, is uh, Eternal Warrior. So it's only going nice. to get messier from here. So Bloodshot Unleashed from Valiant. You love to see it. Yeah, if you took very a break, cool. check it out because it is a. Uh, I think it's a very very worthy return uh, to form for this character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Angelo. Maybe Valiant's making a comeback. I don't know. I tried Book of Shadows. Um. Yeah, I didn't like it, but mm. um, whatever. <laughs> so I'm I'm not. You know, plunking all my money down on the table, but this book, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, there's the there's the character, there's the love of the character that goes a long way, you know. Yeah, Bloodshot was always my favorite. Well, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I should say that. I, I like uh, Eternal Warrior too. There you go, Valiant of all things, WTF, Valiant. Wow, Valiente. Good you. Damn. Look at you. Uh, I, um, I decided to 
jump ahead. I've I've been getting um, the solid and written uh, Miles Morales Spider Man book since it came out, but I'm a little behind on uh, on that series. So I um, I decided to just jump right in with the new volume titled Miles Morales Spider Man, and uh, it's um it's really it it it's a pretty cool first issue it's it's written by Cody Ziegler who um was writing one of the rotating writers on the uh on a recent pre Zeb Wells relaunched um amazing Spider-Man book which I tapped out on because again it wasn't Peter it was focusing on Ben uh Federico um I don't know if it's Vicentini or Vicentini, V-I-C-E-N-T-I-N-I. Um, and uh, Brian Valenza on colors and, and of course, uh, Corey Pettit on, on letters because that's just what I think. Letters, Spidey books these days. But um, Miles, of course, is the hero of the tale. Um, there's this young lady, Renim, who uh, we meet on the first page of this new book, uh, who seems to be very uh, friendly, caring. She uh, she walks out of a deli and um, and hands a uh, hands hands a sandwich to a uh, to a woman sitting on the sidewalk with with her dog next to the door. Um, and while she's about to do that, Scorpion is uh basically um side saddling an armored car and and uh throwing his tail around and, and knocking over vehicles and uh without a care of what pedestrians might be in the way um and Raneem's about to get hit by the armored truck and uh none other than spider-man swoops down and um and and saves her and then of course takes on uh scorpion to um make short work of him not all that short fight goes on for a couple of pages um but he uh as with all spideys they uh, they're throwing the quips and uh and he's all um you know apparently this is scorpion's first time taking him on and and uh you know he's like he just wasn't uh He's talking smack to Miles, asking if the real Spider-Man was busy. Why they sick me with the Junior League? And uh, they're 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 throwing barbs back and forth. But uh, thinking he's got Spider-Man all choked up with his tail, um, Miles decides to let Mac know that uh, he's a little different than the Spider-Man he's used to when he uses the uh, the Stinger Shock to uh, get out of it. Um, Webs up Scorpion. The uh, the police come by, but um, I guess there's this new thing now. Well, I don't know how new it is, but uh, the um, the um, the person in charge shows up and lets uh, lets Miles know that um, because he uh, he he did save lives and he did take care of uh scorpion they're um just giving him a pass 
because he's violating uh, the Powers Act. And um, and and so Agent Gao is basically giving him a pass. Uh, but he's still like, listen, you know, I'm not sure what. Don't really know why you're giving me grief. Um, I'm over here. Um, um, I saved the day. But then she runs down all the damage he caused while um, while trying to save the day. Um, so he's like, listen, she said some no, cutting you some slack. Just get the hell out of here. And um, and and this is the last warning. And and just you know, I I, I don't want to clean up your messes. Um, Miles gets to uh, gets the class. Uh, sort of kind of on time but there's a uh there's a there's a teacher who um kind of likes to give him a hard time and and miles actually kind of lashes out not it's just it's surprising it it was a little um unexpected to see miles of all people react this way to uh not so much a confrontation uh but the, the the teacher wasn't necessarily out of pocket, but he was kind of letting Miles know uh, you should be a lot more grateful for this opportunity because, again, Miles is at Brooklyn Visions because he won the lottery to, to attend the school. Um, and this teacher kind of thinks that uh, Miles is kind of just not taking not taking it seriously and and which really couldn't be further from the truth. But uh, so Miles is kind of fed up says his piece and and the teacher decides that uh you know maybe we'll maybe we'll just suspend you for a bit and you can kind of have a have a cooler head um he uh he goes swinging around the city has 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 a chat does facetime with mom and dad um you know they have a nice little family moment on the phone ends with them reminding him that you know Take your time, do what you got to do, but you are absolutely grounded when you do get home, um, because you know the suspension is not something that 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 we're down with. Um, it's it really did as far as the first issue goes. If you weren't familiar with with the previous volumes, um, you definitely get a feel for who Miles is, what the Spider Man goes through. Uh, some of the people in his life, like mom and dad, are basically just on the phone. Um, Ganky is there, of course, to help him get dressed before he goes to class. So you, so you get a little bit. I, I think they're kind of expecting you to be familiar, like you probably have seen Into the Spider Verse, and of course you're aware of the new sequel coming out next year. But uh, there's there's enough here, I think, where if again, if if this is your first time reading a Miles book, um, there's enough here to to whet your appetite. And have you coming back for more? I, I like Cody as a uh, as a Spidey writer. I, I don't know it for me. It's too soon to see you know where he's going to rank between like you know Slot and Stern and Michelini and Conway and everybody else. But um, I, I, I as far as a modern day in this environment, Spider Man writer, um, he's got a he's got a good feel for for the cast and characters here. Um, but uh, Renine, who we met early in the issue, uh, she may not be all she seems, and there may be something else going on with her. Uh, the last page is is a uh, pretty funky cliffhanger, and uh, like I said she definitely knows more than um, than what we may have been 
than just some standard random bystander that uh, that spider-man saved that day um I, I i like the first issue a lot the art's fantastic i i like um i like the art a lot and uh i'm 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 stoked i think uh the character is is in good hands with this uh with this new creative team and uh this new ongoing so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes Well, I, uh, I'm, as you were talking, I was looking at the uh, the art of the issue, and uh, Federico is a beast. Yeah, uh, I believe it's I, I believe it's Vicentini. Like okay, Vich, like really Rick Vich, like Vicentini. Um, right. But uh, yeah, he he's he's this looks great. I like I, again, I haven't read it, but I bet it looks amazing. He's he's whew. yeah, I'm for it. I'm for the art cool. for sure. Yeah, the actions. I mean, really good really action good. scenes. Yeah, the, I mean, yes. like, he he does really cool stuff. With Scorpion. I mean, makes really make you really. Makes you feel the motion of the tail and stuff. It's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, pretty cool. 100%. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. You like this because because you know I know we're both on the miles tip and I, I mean, uh, you know, no, no no disrespect to to, to Ahmed, but I just I, I I had to tap out on his run. I felt it felt like it was just a, a rehash of of what we got from Bendis, like just a retelling of the same ideas. And I just I, I yeah, knew, there was I, some it just didn't feel fresh. Going on. Yeah, yeah, it just no, didn't feel fresh. Yeah. I, I know it had ended before issue 50 and, and I probably would have as well um, had I kept reading it when it was coming out. But as as there, there are some books where I just I know I'm all about cutting back and just focusing on what what moves me. But there's sometimes sometimes I just get kind of caught up in in the routine and I just I never I never took it off the pull list. I wanted to give I, I wanted to give some some love to the comic shops. It was just it was one book. I wasn't sweating it, but yeah, it is one. Of the, at least now I have a complete series. But but like you, Jason, if if I if I was if I stayed current with it, I I could see me tapping out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I uh, introduce myself as Lancelot Jones. For those of you that are up on your panel syndicate, you recognize that as the character from Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martins Friday. Uh, I know somewhere right now, John O is pumping his fist because he, he reps for the series hard. Um, you know, we haven't talked about panel just much like we haven't talked about Valiant in a minute. We haven't talked about panel syndicate in a minute. Um, but, uh, but for the uninitiated out there, panel syndicate is an online platform that, um, uh, basically is a is an avenue for creators to put their books up where it's like a name or price. So if you want to support them, you can pay whatever you feel is fair, or if you just want to read it for free, they let you do that. Uh, it was started, it's hard to believe, it's been eight years since it was launched, which it's, it's like, God, time really does fly. Um, but Friday is, like I said, it's Brubaker. And, you know, these days we just don't get much Brubaker without without Phillips, right? I mean, we hmm. talk about, we, we certainly haven't lacked in our conversation, in our discussion of Ed Brubaker the last few years, but um, Marcus Martin, um, you know, is someone that, that was, I think, close to like a household name when um, he was doing Spider-Man. And then he left Marvel to co-found Panel Syndicate along with Brian K. Vaughn. They did an awesome book called Private Eye, The Private Eye. And uh, and then subsequent to that, he's Martin's been doing this book with Ed. Um, we talked about the first volume. I say volume, so it's 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 released in issue form on Panel Syndicate. Um, 
the first volume was three issues, and then they put out a trade through Image because uh, Panasonic has a deal with Image to do uh, printed, uh, collected editions. And then the second volume, uh, which is a trade, uh, was the fourth, fifth, and sixth issue. So they're doing three issues per, per trade, and they're 40, I think they're 40 pages each. So, uh, so it's it's roughly the same as like if you were buying a regular trade that was a normal like twenty two issue comic, um, but I read the first three issues of Fridays they were coming out like week of, um, but then I just thought, well, I think it's going to read better in in a media little bit of meteor form. So I guess I quote unquote waited for the trade in as much as you can do that with a digital book, but uh, but once the sixth issue and uh, an end of the second arc was out. I went ahead and uh, read issues four, five, and six, and uh, and no surprise, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's Ed Brubaker and Marcus Martin. Um, it, it it's I don't remember if we spoiled the first issue, the first volume when we talked about it. I think we did. Okay, yeah. So so the the premise is essentially for for because uh, I didn't say anything. The premise is uh, the book is named Friday because of Friday fits you. Uh, Friday fits you is a play on Gal Friday, basically. Uh, it's a 18 year old girl who is uh, coming back from college her freshman year for Christmas break. She is from a small town uh, where she was a, a nerd, a smart, a smart, tough girl, new to town and about and when she's 12. And she becomes best friends with this kid, Lancelot Jones, who I think is two years younger than she is. And he's uh, he's Encyclopedia Brown. Basically, he's he's a Sherlock, young Sherlock Holmes. He's a super quirky, nerdy kid who gets picked on and has no social skills, no friends. But he is an absolute savant genius when it comes to solving crimes. And so this story picks up where Friday is coming back from college. Um, but but she's reminiscing about all the adventures she had over those six years at home with with Lancelot solving crimes. And when she gets off the train, uh, is Lancelot and the sheriff pull up and say, get in the car. We have, we're working on a case. So like it's, she jumps right back into it and they get involved in this case, which has some supernatural elements. And the, the the spoiler is that Lancelot um, is is killed at the end of the first volume, um, which was a real shock. So the second volume is, is essentially Friday coming to terms with that, uh, but also trying to solve the greatest crime she's been confronted with, uh, but without Lancelot, who's you know the, she's the Watson to his Sherlock. So it would be like, what if Watson had to solve a crime? without Sherlock. And that's kind of what this is. And Friday has to try and figure out how Lancelot could have died. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's an awesome read because Lancelot left her clues. So it almost seems like he knew he was going to die. And, um, and, and she's vexed by that, the very nature of that. And and she's piecing the pieces together and doing a good job of it. And it really picks up a fairly accelerated action packed pace um, as this arc finishes up where there's some real imminent danger and there's a pretty grand conspiracy with some of the other small town participants and uh, it's gripping stuff and it's a fun riff on uh, on a trope, right? And listen, we know that Brubaker is phenomenal at writing crime comics and it just feels so natural that he would want to do his riff on the young detective uh, genre because there's been so many, right? Hardy Boys, Nancy True, Encyclopedia Brown. You name, I mean, it's been just on and on. And so he's doing the Brubaker vibe with that as a motif. And the thing that I, I, I love about this book visually is that Martine 
his style in this book is just diametrically different than what he gave us all those years doing superhero books. Yeah. Like you just wouldn't know that it's, if you didn't see the name, you wouldn't guess it's the same artist. Oh, not just superhero books, but the private eye also. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just this really wispy Spartan line. There's, there's, it's, it's, he lets the colorist who I should mention, uh, Munsta Vicente is the colorist. Uh, he really lets the colorist do a lot of the work, but a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and, and, and I, I, I think it looks great, um, but it is a it is a definitely a different style. It's a style that's probably by design a little bit more evocative of of um, illustrations in a YA book or or even a more of a comic strip kind of a vibe. Um, and I think it works. And uh, we're going to get more clearly. This is this is an ongoing. It's it's nowhere close to being over at least based on the narrative that we've gotten so far. But uh, it's awesome stuff. And um, you know, again, if if I, I love the purity of of them offering it the way that they do, so everybody can read it. Like they pretty much are, like I said, cool with you buying it for, or downloading it for free if that's your vibe. But um, but for those of you that are beholden to the paper, you can pick up the second trade uh, uh, imminently. So check it out. Nice. You can't escape the digital, can you? Well, I, can, I mean, I read. The majority of the stuff I read, I think, is well. Not I mean, it's probably it's like fifty fifty for me now. No, oh, yeah, really. Well, I, all sing I read all singles digital because we get them, like we provided them. So right. I, I, I haven't bought a single. Uh, I can't remember last time I bought a physical single. It's been at least a year and a half, two years. Yikes! So, yeah, I I bounce back and forth. I'm like. <sighs> I'm paying in installments for this when I could just get a, a trade of it uh, down the line. But for the stuff that, that really warms my heart, I, I can't wait. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's hey, why we, I mean, that's why I read, I read the singles in digital. So I, if I don't want to wait, but then if it, if it is, if it is good enough, then I happily buy the collected edition. Right. Now there are uh, releases from some publishers that I find more conducive to buying in single issues. Like if you put a cardstock cover on it, I'm far more likely to buy it than a self cover. I, f I think self covers are weak there. <laughs> you know how my, my feelings on that, but it, it even, it doesn't even really have to be a super thick cardstock. It could be even, you know, maybe double, the the pound uh, uh you know size of the interior paper that's not a whole lot just give me something that feels like a cover uh what's, but then if you're going to prestige format i'm in like flint hmm. what's interesting is that i don't know why this is but th this this first issue of miles morales the the cover the cover is not a it, it's it's not a soft cover but even the first page um is is thicker than the first two pages are thicker than the rest of the pages in the book which means that the last two pages are also and there's not there's no reason it's not like it's it's a special insert or or anything that the, in the, the last two pages in the back one is an avengers assembles house ad then is the cliffhanger page then is an intro to the new volume and then is the cover to the next issue so i don't know why these these four pages are are thicker than the rest of the pages. It could them. very well be a printer error because it, it maybe some they printed it with different 
like a cover stock or something or, or a thicker stock. It, you what you would have to do is lay out a bunch of copies and see if they're all like that. And if they're right. you know, I don't know. Yeah, and I but, got the peach variant because it's pretty. But yeah, nice. There, one publisher that does uh, parlay in uh, thickly covered books in terms of stock is Boom. I like what they do at Boom. And uh, y'all know my love for fables, right? So yeah. this here book was not a hard sell with me. And I see that Jason read it too. It, I did. It is called Briar, of which two issues have been published to date, written by Christopher Cantwell, illustrated mm. by... Uh, is it Herman Garcia? Yeah, Herm, well, Herman. Herman Garcia. Mm-hmm. Color art by uh, Mateus Lopez. And as I said, it's published by Boom. In a nutshell, it is a retelling of the story of Briar Rose, a.k.a. Sleeping Beauty, but with more than a few twists. And long story short, um, the classic scenario with Sleeping Beauty um, the prince comes and rouses her from her cursed slumber with a kiss. That doesn't happen here because the prince, uh, Rodion, the hero of Windcross, decided and was partly coaxed into uh, thinking it would be more advantageous for him to keep Rose comatose and marry her and one day claim the kingdom. He's a real nice guy. Wow. Yeah. So the king used Rose's condition as an excuse to, uh, for imperialism, to vanquish the surrounding lands. Uh, so when the prince enters the picture, he and the king continue the onslaught until their kingdom crumbled. It was consumed from within by greed and lust for conquest. And all the while, Rose is still sleeping. And she slept for 100 years until she's roused by a kiss. And uh, the perpetrator quickly disappears. We don't exactly know who it is, but I have my suspicions. Um, And she's withered. She's dried. And she's little more than a skeleton with, like, desiccated leather-like skin. So she she finds herself alone in this world that is very much unlike the one she left. Um, See, before, uh, post uh, being pricked by the, uh, the spinning wheel... Uh, she was basically confined to the castle, sequestered away from the, the evils of the world. Uh, the king and queen they didn't want her to have to you know, face all that stuff. And um, so the world she finds herself in now is cold and dark and infused with chaos and death. And she's attacked by a giant rat, <laughs> a giant wow. friggin' rat. Uh, she, she stumbles upon this dead guy. And he's he's maimed. And he's got body parts hanging off him, and there's a sword draped across his his uh, midsection. He put up a good fight, but he succumbed. So she finds this 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 corpse, and the rat pounces. So she grabs the sword, and she rips the shit out of the rat. Uh, I mean, it was a barely. Uh, she survived, and so she, now she's desperately in search of like some kind of sustenance. She slept for a hundred years. She needs water. She needs food. So she uh, she feeds on the rat. She <laughs> cuts into the beast. She chows down. She takes its its uh, fur for a, a shawl, right? 
And um, the one thing that I found really, really cool about this book is after having come uh, endured this curse, so she's awake and now she's very afraid of falling asleep. Like, wouldn't you be? That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. That that Sleeping Beauty is afraid to go back to sleep lest she not wake up again. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so simple and obvious, but... I think largely unexplored until now. So she hooks up with, um, I guess it's the equivalent of a dark elf. Um, it, it, the, the race is called the Norish. Uh, and this, this um, woman is, is, she's only referred to as the spider. She, she saves, um, well, she tries to save Rose from being, uh, sold into slavery and uh, finds herself uh, since she's from the north she uh, excels uh, she thrives in colder climates but they find themselves in the middle of the desert and uh, the spider's not doing too well and uh, so it's it's basically a a tale of survival between rose and this norish uh spider character and they find themselves in in different situations but uh, most of which fighting for their lives but they're pursued by someone by an agent of someone who is seeking rose uh, and it's someone from her past it's it's one of her fairy godmothers that is manipulating these characters to find her because there's a, a prophecy attached to Rose that um, she is she will usher in the end of everything. She's uh, known as the sleepwalker who carries the realm key. Don't know what that's about so far, but um, at least in any kind of detail. But um, her existence post slumber is not seen as a good thing. That a lot of people are afraid that that she is the uh, the chaos bringer, the the end times. So, um, it, the from what I can tell, most if not all of her fairy godmothers are dead, save for one, and it's that one that's that's pulling the strings behind the scenes. It, the, the book is remarkable, and mainly, I mean, the story's great. I don't want to discount Cantre or Cantwell's. Uh, participation in this but the art by Garcia is absolutely stunning it is loose and breezy where it you know it, where it has to be and very very detailed and still loose um, where it's not I just thought it was a visual treat and um, interested this was the tipping point when we were going in because Jason I know he read it uh, I need to know what Jason thought of this whether I mean, long story short, whether or not to be his friend anymore, because <laughs> I thought this book was just great. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I didn't really. Um, this book wasn't like something that was necessarily on my radar uh, during the solicit, but uh, but then I read a review of the first issue that was like, oh, that looks pretty good, and then I saw that you read it, so I jumped on. Um, well, you 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 covered most of it. I mean, first of all, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the 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 real star of the show here, at least for me, was the art. Uh, I I can't I I, I need more Herman Garcia drawing lots of things. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, so, and I think perfect for a fantasy comic, like per, just a perf, perfect artist for a perfect setting. Um, 
And I have to say, I mean, for two issues, man, we get a lot like, you know, in a in a there's they're not they're not playing trying to stretch it out here and get us to buy padded miniseries after padded miniseries. I mean, they 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 give us a lot of 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 uh, of story in in this, you know, in this first two issues. So, yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was really good. And, and I think the Fables comparison is fair. It definitely felt like it was of that ilk, you know, like it could be a, a could be a, a mini series like the Cinderella miniseries, you know, could, it could be certainly have fit into that world pretty easily. Yeah. So, um, yeah. One of the nice things about it is, like Rose in, in uh, Fables, uh, this Briar uh, incarnation, she's not a victim. Right. She, she could very well just relent and let the world overtake her, but she's an ass kicker. Uh, you know, she's slight as she is. She's she's basically skin and bones. She's still on the mend from her her uh, her slumber, but she's she's just thrust into all of these situations where she has to be basically fight for her life. She gets an uh, uh, a bow, uh, an arrow right through the arm. Doesn't even blink. She's like, yeah, you know, it's it, she's tough, and uh, she could easily play the woe is me card, but she does not. Uh, she doesn't have time to because it's just like Jason said, location after location. Just I mean, from from it goes from a uh, the the heat of the desert to this um, humid, disgusting swamp where um, she's because of her association with the fairy godmother. She's she's allowed access to it, but it quickly goes south. Like this is a really really good book. And uh, I just love the character design of of Briar. Those eyes, they're penetrating. Like she's, she, you could you could see, and, and it starts off very innocuously, like a Disney um, Disney esque fairy tale where she's in a gown and she's she's doing the poses and she's like, oh, this was me. I I had the greatest life until I didn't, and until I got pricked by the the spinning wheel. And I think that's also significant too. In a sense that what does a spinning what is the purpose for a spinning wheel? It it creates thread, right? Which ties into the 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 threads of fate. It it it's weaving destiny, right? And she that's a whole part of this book too. It's really good, and uh, I'm I don't know why I read it. I, I may have seen a cover and I thought, woof, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Uh, let me check this out, and I was very very glad that I did because. Um, it's it's off to a really great start. It goes places. I mean, it it's basically a fantasy book, right? There's a lot of sword fights in it, and and mythological creatures and giant rats, um, and it ties into the whole um, mythology aspect with the fables. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's great. It's wonderful. So check it out. Uh, it's called Just Plain Old Briar. Two issues to date. Published by Boom. Big facts. Yeah. Super nice. Yeah, I think you'd like it a lot, David. I'll give it a shot. I I, I like him a lot. I um, he he got me to read an Iron Man book for more than a couple of issues. So it's it's uh, he's wow. I I like his work. Is, yeah, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I like what he did here. But I mean, as as uh, a consummate of a writer as he appears within these pages, even he couldn't get me to read an Iron Man book. <laughs> no, I know. And again, <laughs> well, Jerry Gunn got me to read an Iron Man book this week. Really? He only got me to read one of you. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, and again, and 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 I have to, you know, give a shout out to 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 our pal Wimmer because it, it, it was the codes that uh, that let me check it out. And this is the run where uh, the man whore that Tony is was getting it on with uh, Betsy Walker and just to switch it up, I guess. Yeah. What? 
Yeah, she was in the book too for a oh, long time. Mary, yeah, no, she was Mary Jane for a while too. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's like whatever, whatever. Oh, we need a new Iron Man book. Okay, well we'll get him a new chick to go with it. But it, does it surprise uh, you that he got Mary Jane? Like I could get Mary Jane. Uh, I know she'll, she'll throw it anyway. Real quick, since you since it's a segue, I did read <laughs> I did read the Invincible Iron Man number one this week, which is brand spanking new, fresh hot off the presses. Right. Uh, the reason was uh, that Jerry. I haven't read it. I have not read an Iron Man book in a long time. Jerry Duggan, who I, I very much enjoy, I think he's done great work. He he's the writer, so I thought, okay, well, if Jerry Jerry, I mean, if anyone's going to get me to read a Stark book on the regular, it'll be Jerry, uh, and one for Gary Arnard, who I think is 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 quite good. Um, it just did nothing for me. I, I I just think I just don't I just don't think I can. I I, I just have to conclude that Iron Man is a solo story. It just doesn't work for me. It just does nothing. I could not read a Iron Man book for years, and then I read it, and it feels like it's the same. Like it's never different. Like it's this starts off where like Iron Man's poor, oh no, and he's got to figure out how to not be poor again, and like what his purpose is. And I'm like, I feel like I've read that a thousand times. Yeah. Like, like it just it's like you know, there's the, the there's the there's the demon in the bottle. Uh, panel it's i'm like okay I'm like, I, it, it, you don't normally associate tony stark with stupidity right because someone who had that much wealth as much wealth as he had to squander it or deplete it that's a bit stupid right you would think the guy uh, yeah, a, an intellect of that be, right to be fair i mean in and i think he's lost his, his wealth a bunch of times but in this case he lost his wealth because he it's almost like a play on armor wars. He he went and he bought all the weapons of mass destruction that he could get his hands on. That's silly. But like again, it's like it's this is where it, it's the dichotomy, right? Like we have no problem suspending our disbelief that there's beings walking around this world that have godlike powers. Like that's we're right. okay with that. But you you right? You tell me this guy that's a generational hundred billionaire is broke, and it's like no way. Maybe like, he bought Twitter or invested in crypto. It's like that. What was that um, Fantastic Four miniseries where they went broke? And I'm like, come on. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Reed, uh, yeah. Come on. Like, that's absurd. Like, yeah, Reed, I don't, could, he could lock himself in a room for a week and invent 20 priceless gadgets and then be they'd be, like, they just, I just think if you're going to buy into the conceit of superheroes, you need to buy into the conceit that they have unlimited wealth. It, yeah. Like, at least one, like someone on the team, you know, like, it just, Tony has to be unlimitedly wealthy, just like Batman does. It's, it's like it's it's like making Peter a, a CEO. It's it's one of those things which just like there you you expect. There's no reason like we don't need to relate to Tony Stark. It's okay that he's a billionaire and he's a weapons manufacturer and he and he, and he flies around in a suit of armor. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's the him thing. Distinctive. That, I mean, that's what makes like like in his like that's right. That's his whole thing is that like he right. I mean, he that, that he is he's part of the point zero zero one percent. And he, make, to, he doesn't need to be my neighbor. He, and and right, and, and if if there is a compelling thing about Iron Man, it would be to me that he is this guy that pretty much has anything he'd ever want and need because he's one of the wealthiest people on the planet. But he also chooses to risk his life all the time to save the world. Like that's, right. but like I, that's the like to me that's the hook of what makes Iron Man interesting. Like so, it's like yeah, like I, and again, like I'm sure Jerry's a very good writer. I'm sure within. An arc or two, he will start a new company, right? Like he's done before. To me, it's just, the, and, and this is more of a, this is just more of a, of a, where I'm at in my journey with superhero comics. It is just so hard for me 
to jump back into these characters that I've read a lot over the years and just not feel like it's just stuff I've seen a million times. Right. right. It's just the conceit of it. It's like, I, I, these characters are, are just anchored albatross with, with the, with their history. And it's like, yeah, okay. I like, you just can't surprise me like telling me a story about most of these characters anymore. Like I know who they are. I know what you like. We know what drives them. We know what their quirks are. We know what they're, so you got to surprise me, and it's a tough ask, and it's probably not what most people want. They probably don't want to be surprised. They want to get more of the same, and so, you know, I gave it a try. It just didn't didn't click with me. Hopefully, it clicked with other people. I like I said, I think Jerry's an excellent writer, so hopefully, it's the start of a, of a nice long run for him. Yeah, a couple things based on what you said. Um, I think the movies, uh, the the MCU, the brilliant things uh, at which the movie excels was humanizing Tony Stark. Yeah. I I don't like the character. I've never liked the character. Uh, I bought the book just because of of the creative teams that were on it. But f- he's not a very likable dude, right? Yeah. But it was the movies that humanized Tony Stark. I think far better than the comics ever did because he got a guy who has everything post snap, right? He's got a child. He's got a wife. He was lucky enough that. The people that he loved, well, the 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 woman that he loves, escaped the snap, right? And then he throws up that famous Tony Stark brick wall, and he's like, "Nap, nap, I'm done. I'm not helping you. I got too much to lose." But he knows that he's mm-hmm. going to do it, like because yeah. he he cannot stand by and see the injustice perpetuated. So he basically surrenders his life as the only one who could uh, survive the gauntlet snap and he dies saving the entire everything like that was brilliant but you don't get that more off, more you know so much from the books because of the extended release <laughs> right yeah. and may, it's few and far between i'm i'm very mm-hmm. sure that that has appeared in the books right but i i think the movie version of tony stark is absolutely perfect and it's a character i don't like mm-hmm. right uh, what, either. what else is i going to say oh uh, I'm and I'm also with you on the the novelty of uh, characters we've been reading for decades. Like I find it very very hard to read a Batman story because of that. Um, yeah. If there's a, a a hot creative team on it, like uh, I don't know Capullo, uh, that's not written by McFarlane, I'm going to read it right <laughs> because uh, chances are it's going to look phenomenal. But and and that's why I like death metal and metal so much because it's a different take mm-hmm. on these characters. Where if you just give me a Batman story, like it, it, as great as the writers in the Batman stable for the past twenty years have been, I don't, I, I can't care about these characters. I just mm-hmm. don't. You know, it's hard. Speaking of Capullo, any guess? Uh, do you have you have care to guess? Uh, anyone have a thought as to what Capullo is going to be doing at Marvel? I don't know, but I hope Quasar back. I hope Fantastic Four. But chances you just want want anything other than whoever's working on Fantastic Four. Yeah, no, chances are they'll put him on Spider Man. Yeah, that seems to uh, which would bum me out, but that that probably is what's going to happen. Yeah, which sucks. You're right. I don't think that's as as amazing uh, a visual stylist as Capullo is. I think he would be wasted on Spider Man. Yeah, unless Uh, you would have to have Spider Man go cosmic or go weird. Which would be great, but mm. Cap- bring Captain Universe back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think, uh, I'm, unless you're Hassan, I think we're at the point where there have been decades of 
using Batman as an example, decades and thousands of Batman stories. So, I mean, unless you really love the character, I don't see a reason to buy every single issue. Yeah, there's a new creative team coming on. Okay, great. That might be, you know, just what you're looking for. I, I, I want somebody who's never written Batman, and then I'll go back to Batman. And and that's cool. Gives it a nice little tick in the pants. Gives you something to read for a while. And then when that run is done, you put Batman away for a while. And and it, there's just, it, as with every other superhero book, like, you know, with Iron Man or or, or the, the hundreds of Captain America titles or... However, whatever version of Daredevil there is now, there's just so many times where you can just keep rereading yeah. the same stories with, with, with these characters. I mean, at least, okay, so they're trying something new with Tony and and, and they're going to make him broke. But again, but it's that's, not not, new. that's not new. No, it's not new. No, and that's, that's my point. Not, the last time I read the reading, yeah. and, and, and the same thing with, 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 the pre, with, with Cantwell's version. He kind of gave everything up. And was kind of slumming it in New York, and that's why he was hanging out with Patsy and everything like that. So it was just like so. So they yeah, were, and, and in the run before that, which is the one I read, he was broke, and he had to, and someone had taken, I forget who had taken over, had the hostile takeover of Stark. Oh, that's so just he, staying all over again, right? Exactly. So he started a new startup, and then start basically started from the bottom, and then they did that whole fakakta thing where he created this like new AI like metaverse basically, but then it got like sentient and all, and it was like. Yeah, and then to your point, right? Stain. I mean, that that's been that's one of the tenant stories of 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 Tony is losing his fortune. So it's like, I don't even think it's a bad idea. But like, when <laughs> the problem is when you when they just when these writers just recycle the same things, and that was that was what happened with the with the mutants for so long. Like guys would come on and they would just tell like, oh, I'm going to do my 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 Phoenix story, or I'm going to I'm going to do my Shiar story, and it's like, okay, but like, you guys have carte blanche you could create a thousand new characters a new world a new villain you could create a new circumstance you just choose not to it's so weird like i don't why would they want to give away ip but again like that's not but again as the consumer that's not i don't give a fuck about that as the consumer then marvel fix your like marvel and dc fix your business model so that you have guys exactly Exactly. there you go yeah right but I mean, the the mechanics of of the big two, it it's a hamster wheel. They got to keep perpetuating these IP. That's the, right. the money makers. So you're going to get the same stories over and over and over. That's why one of our buddies, Tom King, great writer, and everybody's like, "Oh, Tom King's Batman. You got to read it." And, and I I started it, but I'm just like, "Yeah, he's our friend, and I like the way he writes, but I really don't want to read another Batman story. Right? I, sure. I, I I just don't care about any of these characters." No offense to Tom. And thankfully, they're still, and, and, you know, like the whole thing with Alfred, that's stuck. Alfred's still dead. No, the the, the next guy, Zdarsky hasn't brought him back. Nobody else has, you know, decided to, and and the Batman versus Robin miniseries, his appearance in that, that was explained. So, I mean, that, that, that was, it it was fine, which was expected. I knew that was going to happen, but it is, it's, it's, I'm glad that some things, some things do stick, but uh, (laughs) getting, getting, getting back to, I know, getting back to, uh, Cantwell though, just because I I, I wanted to see, because I knew he had, I knew before comics, he was in film and television, and actually he's the co-creator of Halt and Catch Fire, which was I wasn't real keen on the show because they kind of AMC kind of canceled Rubicon, but it, a lot of people enjoyed that series. He co-created that. I first became aware of him in comics because he wrote that um, that mask miniseries that didn't look all that great. I pledge allegiance to the mask, but he oh, has right, written right. He wrote, um, yeah, like I said, Iron Man. He wrote Blue Flame. He wrote Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body. Oh, that's a good book. That's right. I know. 
That's why I said that he wrote Obi Wan, uh, the comic, uh, Angel Briar, and he, he he's wrote the Namor series on right now. Uh, that this Gold Goblin thing coming out, um, and he's writing the Hellcat series for next year. So I mean, he's 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 busy. He's, yeah, he's having deep. some fun with 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 Marvel and, and with Boom. So he's in deep. Yeah, yeah. Cool beans. What else do we have to talk about? Come on. You want, you want to talk about Kuga, or you want to take a break since you talked? No, no, I, I that's fine. Um, it's really weird that I'm saying this, but um, number one, it's it's odd that uh, a common writer book exists to begin with on this side of the the water, but it it does in, in a couple different forms. But the, the even stranger that DAP read it. Like, <laughs> what the hell is happening? Um, First of all. <laughs> it's just if you if you said to me you know sometime during your 11 o'clock comics uh tenure dap is going to read a common writer book i'd be like the fuck are you talking about first of all i wonder who the fuck you were talking about. I know, it was it was jimmy it was jimmy from down the street okay can i do your walks no oh, you can't God. do my walks uh but anyway uh this is common writer kuga Volume one. Uh, the original story is of, or the inspiration and story is by Shotaro Ishinomori, the, the big daddy of Common Rider. Uh, script is by Toshiki Inoue, with art by Hitosu Yokoshima. And this was a manga that originally appeared in 2015. Onward. I think it's about like 18 volumes or something, but yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty deep. Um, the, the noteworthy thing about Kuga is that it is the start of the Heisei era. So it's important. It is it is the the new era the Showa appeared before, don't mind my dogs, and the Heisei uh came after and the Heisei era is the the bulkiest of the common riders. There's a ton of common rider in the the Heisei era. Now, if you came to the manga from the television show chances are really good you would be disappointed because the manga is not the show okay and it's odd to say that because all of the pieces are there like um yusuke is kuga in the in both right uh you have the the camaraderie between ichijo the 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 police uh man and and uh yusuke uh sakurako's in it but because the show was so low budget none of this the the big bombastic stuff that appeared in the manga actually takes place in the show okay the the conceit is the same they unearth this this uh temple and they find the the arkel which is the the belt, right? And in the manga, Yusuke doesn't get the belt until almost the end of the book. And we're talking yeah. like hundreds of pages. Yeah. He gets it within like the first 15 minutes of the episode. It's like and it's in in such a goofy way. Like shit's going down and someone's someone hands him the article and he just puts it on. He's like, "Okay." Like it's, it's it's bizarre how he just takes to the 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 device whereas in the book in the manga 
it takes a long, long time before he gets it. And uh, even physically, Yusuke in the book looks nothing like Yusuke in the show. But the, the reason why I say it's it's the same but different, the mannerisms of Yusuke is dead on. Like he has that unbridled altruistic nature. He just wants to help people. And it, uh, one of the lines in the book was, uh, somebody said, you know, there's there's uh, five billion people or whatever on the planet. Yes. Like, no, no, no. There's seven billion. And and Yusuke says, oh, seven billion potential friends. Like yeah. he he just loves everyone. And um, so he's a little touched. No, nah. <laughs> no. But he, he doesn't show up until the second chapter in the manga too. Yeah, it's like, weird. Like, like they they minutes, I guess, but it's like they focus a, a lot on Ichijo. Yeah, in the first chapter, yeah. Yeah. That's throughout the rest of the book, but yeah, you're right. But like the in the in the comic in the manga, they're they're joined at the hip. Um the the similarity between the two is the the police. The show's very heavy with the police. Uh as is at least the first volume uh, of the manga, right? But uh back to Yusuke. Uh it, it's really weird. In the first episode, he he finds somebody that's sad uh, and he juggles for them. He just pulls out balls and just start juggling. And for the purpose of seeing the character smile, that's his whole thing. He wants to save people's smiles. It's, it's bizarre, but it just goes to show you that he's, he's extremely uh, compassionate and, and heartfelt and altruistic. Like he just wants to help people. Um, the same thing with the thumbs up. Did you notice there's a lot of thumbs up in the book? A lot of thumbs up. There's a ton of thumbs up in the show. They're always flashing the thumbs up, especially Yusuke, because someone told him once that the thumbs up is a, a sign of, of goodwill, like of, of uh, hum, you know, hum, humanity. Like you just, you care about the other person at the end of the thumb. So you know, you that's you just flash the thumbs up because you know you're a loving soul. It's 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 odd when it comes when you hear it coming out of your mouth, but it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Like it's just giving someone a sign of just goodwill. Maybe here's my thumbs up, like Agent Cooper, right? Yes. But and and so here's the the gist of the book for for or the series too for those of you who have never experienced it there is a group of beings they call them unidentified life forms in the book but they're really garangis and they embark upon this contest called the gegaru and it's it's entirely arbitrary one contestant i think in the book he has to get 20 women or is it yeah he's got he's got to uh get 20 mm -hmm. human women and then he could pr proceed in the contest uh like totally arbitrary you have to go to the moon and come back and kill two like it's just weird it, for the purpose of challenging the uh the big bad and that's dagova if if you can proceed to the point where you get to fight this big bad you will ascend to the throne of the the garangi it's it's basically a contest and humanity's just thrown into the middle of it that's the whole show <laughs> uh there's no there's no deep meaning to it there uh and and common writer kuga 
thwarts all of the efforts of these Garangis to, and Ichijo, uh, to uh, mass murder and um, ascend to the the throne. That's it. So the the manga is an adaptation of the show, or the manga came first? No, no, the manga did not come first. Okay, the, the show did, but uh, it is it is an ad- adaptation of the show, but it's not like it's. Well, no, no, it, I just meant I, I just meant which one. Yeah, no, it's much more complex. More like the that bat creature that appears in the church in the manga that's in the show, but the I mean, this is the. I forget when when Kuga came out. It's it's early early nineties, I think. Um, they didn't have a huge budget, and the special effects, even the technology for the special effects at that time was not two thousand. Okay, two thousand was not super advanced. So it's all like budget cut rate, computer generated special effects. I mean, the fights are practical, but. You know the transformations and the 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 different. Uh, there, he's got like this robot drone that follows him around uh, through the show, uh, not through the whole thing, but it appears. I mean, it's it's obvious. It's just I don't want to call it crappy, but it's it's bargain basement CD, CGI. But it's it's still M, like it's entirely watchable. It's just it's a product of its time, right? It's it's twenty some years old, right? So, but the the manga has all of the trappings of the show, but in much much more detail and and much more vividly realized. So, I just if you start watching the show, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> I don't. But you will. You'll you'll see where the the two intersect. the The spirit is there, and the themes are there, but it's just much more detailed and complex in the the manga only 49 episodes so uh, the reason why i decided to splurge and and just treat myself or add this to, 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 to my order that month is because not a con every single convention at <laughs> some point during the weekend on the way to the con before we get to the con, before the weekend actually starts, some point during the weekend, probably, Common Writer will be mentioned. Yeah. Whether Vince will see something or something will remind him of it, but he's going to mention it. And I know that it, here's this, here's the other book that from, from Titan that, that, that you talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't, I'm, I'm just. And if this is a conversation, say best for next week, that's fine. But I'm just, I, I am, I decided just to take a gamble on this. I don't, I didn't know if I was going to be lost. I don't know what, I don't know what started Common Writer. I don't know if there's just one original and then these are all offshoots and people, if this is like public domain and people doing their own thing, or if this is all related to the original, whatever that may be. It's all Toei. T O E I Toei. T O E I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, it's the in a in a nutshell, there are some constants in in the Common Rider series. There's a device that allows the person to transform into the rider form. 
there i mean after in, in the in the um there's a lot of it in the showa but the the uh heisei's riddled with alternate forms like so it's showa not a growa like power-ups the you'll see it in kuga where he'll do something and it unlocks uh a different power and with that power comes uh, a slightly different suit it'll change color or it'll be trimmed in gold or he'll get um like the weapon will power up and it'll get bigger or different you know what i mean so like i when i talked about common rider I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before. These days, it's entirely based on merchandising. Okay. Where the rider will have X amount of forms. There'll be X amount of toys to buy based on those forms. The the uh, the device which allows him to transform will be a belt or uh, something that could take a card or a top or a key or, or uh, so, and it's just a way for Bandai and a bunch of other companies to merchandise the shit out of the show. It is the world in which we live, right? But the 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 merchandising has become the concept of the show, whereas in the Showa, it that wasn't necessarily the case. Like there was toy, the, toys were made, but. The impetus for the toys did not become the narrative, which is you the way mentioned that what a week or two ago. That yeah, like, that's yeah. the way it is now. They they yeah. they think they they find a concept that is currently in style, whether it be Harry Potter or artificial intelligence or you know cybernetics or something that the kids are vibing on, and they'll they'll make that rider like the the uh, the Power Rangers, there was a pirate theme at one point because Pirates of the Caribbean was huge. So the that became the theme. Like there was pirates, like weird, or trains, or like just whatever. It doesn't really matter. Whatever's popular at the time, they'll exploit that and use it to make the new rider. Like if video games are huge, right? The, there'll be a video game-based rider that has to reach levels like it's just the the concepts are built in where it's just a an excuse to sell stuff that's it i mean the shows are good i they're very enjoyable but it like like mainstream characters like jason said it becomes same old same old after a period because how many different incarnations of common writer can you have like the themes may change with like common writer amazon or common writer stronger the 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 reason for his existence changes, but it's more of the same, really. I love the character. I think he's great. But my favorite is the first, uh, the very first Common Rider is my favorite. And then I, I love Common Rider Amazon. I love Common Rider Stronger. But those are Showa. Like, that's before the modern age. We're talking mm-hmm. 71 to, like, 1990, oh, wow. you know. They're, they're the great shows because everything's practical. And then and the first one was just called Common Rider. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Has I there mean, ever been a uh, an event where they've all oh many times appeared in? The, oh okay. yeah, not all of them, but a lot of them. Because some of the guys that play them are, are are dead. But yeah, they're they do special stuff where they'll have uh you know like the uh, doctor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Where they'll have okay. a bunch of riders joining together to fight something, and yeah, it's cool. 
uh, if we're if we're talking about the Heisei era, my favorite is uh, Fies. It's five five five. That show's amazing because the villains are just gorgeous. We 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 pick and choose right what we love. Mm-hmm. There's some series that are really great, and there's some that uh, it, it's like an endurance test to get through the entire season. And their seasons are like 40, 50 episodes. Yeah. They're, it's not like the 13. Uh, well, like I noticed, yeah, because like, even though Cougar was only one season, it was still almost 50 episodes. Yep. And it was like, it was like, it lasted about a year or so. And, and so you got about, I guess, an episode a week. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with this. I'm just, I'm, I'm worried that I, I'm, I'm opening myself up to a whole. Um, just got to catch them all now, and 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 this yeah, I don't think so. Into... Okay, all right. No, I think you're good. Uh, okay. You could you could tell by the the premise if you're going to like it or not. Like you you would absolutely hate Common Rider Wizard. It's just ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Some of like you could and and again, I base my appreciation on each show. I shouldn't, but I'm superficial. If the suit design yeah. is is awesome. I'm in. I don't care what it's about. If the suits are cool, like that's why I like Fies because the suits are great. His his uh, motorcycle, the motorcycle is a pretty much a constant too, more or right. less. Um, his motorcycle transforms into a, a bot, which is awesome. And the Orphanox, the villains are amazing. There's a wolf, uh, a Pegasus, like the uh, uh, like not a Pegasus, wow. uh, a centaur. They're great. There's a snake, really ornate beautifully designed i think the dude that that designed um final fantasy uh did the designs for the orphanox if i'm not mistaken but it's just you're it's a very very deep well you just got to pick and choose like with anything right i have them all digitally if you want to see them yeah i'd be curious about yeah if if, um it surprised me cool thing about um well at one time the cool thing about common rider was they weren't released over here so it was perfectly acceptable for the fan sub people to to yeah to to um translate it and release them as they came out in japan now toei put the lockdown on that and uh they're toei said no yeah they're tough to see no. I mean, it's not impossible, but they're harder to see now because they they went around and they shut you know the cease and desist to all of the the translators. Okay, and I really, I, I really, really like the art in this volume. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yep. I don't know where that that forelock on Yusuke comes from. That big shock of, of yeah. hair. It's just, <laughs> it's okay. He, he's he, just a uh, normal-looking dude in the in does, the show. Does he die in the first episode before he becomes no Kuga? Or no <laughs> no. He, like I said, he just puts the belt on. He okay he, right yeah. now, but I didn't know. Okay, all right, because here he gets thrown into a tree. And, yeah, he dies. <laughs> and, then, and, and my man, my man's like, all right, well, uh, I'll leave you here. I'm, I'm going to go take care of business. He's like, hey, go go ahead, thumbs up, passes out. Nice. Yep. Yeah. And but another nice thing about it is I you don't expect it to be, um, don't expect the sexuality to be amped up. 
uh, at least oh, from the fine. yeah, at least from the manga that I've read, they they kind of keep it relatively all ages. PG, okay, yeah, okay. which is good because the show is. Like I, I don't need any 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 uh, titillation in my common writer. Although the, the the women are attractive. Ah, they're pretty. Yeah. 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 No, I dug it. I, I liked it a lot. Looking forward to the next one. Excellent. Glad you liked so it. So we can actually see some cougar instead of just one little India, one, little India one, summer yeah. action. It's, it's Jason the hero doesn't really. I mean the the previous <laughs> the previous common ah. writer Kuga, which is was not a thing in the show, at least not as explicit as it is in the book, uh, succumbs, and the incarnation that you will read throughout this entire series doesn't really enter the picture until the the last quarter of the book, mm-hmm. which which is really odd. But c'est la vie. C'est la vie. Playing the long game. Yeah. What else we have? Oh, what else we have? Well, you know that uh, um, I am a fan of Mr. Mark Miller. Yes. Yes. And Mark is... He's, one of the things I like about him is he has build the career he wants you know he's just much like brew baker and phillips they just do their thing they make enough money they're happy i feel like miller does the same thing like he's just got a vibe now he 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 comes up with an idea he does a mini series of it gets in gets out sometimes he'll revisit it magic i mean we're we're about to get the fourth volume of magic order as an example but like generally he's just he tells the story and he's 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 in and out you know um and this week, when I was doing uh, the On Shelves video about this, the five books I was most excited about, I misspoke about this book because uh, I, I guess I was confused by the solicit. But uh, Mark's new book is called Night Club. And um, I said in the video that one of the reasons that I was particularly intrigued by this was that it was his first ongoing in in a, a, you know, a decade plus. And um but then I, I get the issue, and it looks like it's one of six. So I think I misspoke <laughs> on that. So my bad on that. But uh, like, so it's it's another one. It's, so it's more in line with like what he normally does, which is do a miniseries, which which I'm fine with. Um, and he's he's also frequent. He also works frequently works with the same same artists, but he's added a new artist to his repertoire uh, of partners this time with a gentleman by the name of Wanan. So like J U A N with an A N at the end. Ramirez, uh, who I am completely unfamiliar with prior to this. Um, but uh, I do know that the other part of the of the intrigue of this book, which which I'm certainly not, um, I, I, it was straight from Mark's mouth, so I, I, unless he's got his own facts wrong, this is the first superhero comic that Mark has written in a decade. Um, now you're, you're wondering what this book is. It's called Nightclub, and it is about basically... Uh, the idea of what if vampires were superheroes. Um, a young kid who's trying to be famous by making crazy YouTube videos has a near-death accident where he crashes and breaks his back in three places in his neck. And uh, a, a, a vampire comes in and turns him with the premise that uh, that 
this guy is a detective and he is building an army of vampires and he walks him through kind of like when Spider-Man is trying to figure out his powers, he walks him through what it means, how he can sustain himself and all the things he can do as a vampire. And that, uh, you know, he can basically use it for, for good to be, a, to be a hero and warrior. And, uh, and that's really the premise. And, and although in the first issue, we don't like, we meet, we meet his, 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 his creator and himself and him, um, the cover of the first issue and the solicits about the series would lead you to believe that, uh, that, uh, the protagonist friends, teen friends also become vampires. Um, that, that does not happen in the first issue, but again, like every indication is that they all stay too become vampires. Um, you know, I'm a mark for vampire stories. I read a lot of them. There are a lot of vampire comics for some reason. So I understand the idea of vampire fatigue. I'm not going to side at anybody that's like, I don't need another vampire story. Like, I get that. I get that. There are a lot of them. Um, it's it's just a very comfortable genre for me. So I'm I'm, I'm apt to try it and I'm probably likely to enjoy it. Um, but I thought this was, was fun and it's just typical Miller. You know, I think the nice thing about Miller is um, you kind of know if you're a fan or not. I mean, he doesn't go too deep. He's He's not Alan Moore. He's not going to weave a intricate story that you're going to have to dig through Wikipedia to find the references and try and parse through the layers. This is him telling a fun story with a very relatable surface level premise and you're either in or you're out and I'm generally in, and I think this is going to be another, another winner for, for him. So, yeah. So I, I, so I thought the first issue was terrific and uh, I'm a little bummed. It's not an ongoing. So hopefully there's going to be multiple volumes of it. Is that out, or did you get an advanced copy? Yeah, it's out this week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Holy Night crap. Club number one. Yeah, it looks good. They look like uh, luchadors. Yeah, bit. yeah, yep. And I mean, full disclosure. I mean, we got this issue last week from Image. They sent us a review copy, but oh. but I, yeah, I didn't pay attention. Sorry. Yeah. I, I no, I, no, it's fine. I'm saying, but I'm saying, uh, but yeah, they. Uh, but it is on. It is on shelves uh, as of this week. I'm on it. Yeah, I'm nice. on it, bitch. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Good lord. Dap has a love hate relationship with Mark Miller. That's <sighs> no, okay. It's, it's 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 leaning more towards love these days. Listen, I yeah, you've liked him more than you've disliked him in the last couple of years. After yeah, early, I mean, early early EOC listeners would have thought of you as a as a Mark Miller hater, but absolutely, yeah. Oh, he hated Nemesis. He hated that book. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, remember the one with the uh, villain that you were yeah. just like, why the fuck am I reading this? Right. Yeah. No, there was that, but then there was the Flash Gordon riff that was fun. Yeah. Um, there was. I wasn't. I'm. I'm not keen on Kick Ass at all. No, I'm with you. I mean, of all the things he's done, I mean, Kick Ass is probably inarguably his most successful financial right. hit. Yeah. But it is my least favorite thing he's ever uh, he's done of his own. Like I, you know, I mean, he's. I haven't read any of the Jupiter stuff, but oh, uh, that uh, stuff's good. I, I like that stuff. I, I like I, the comics I, a lot. I mean, the I, Netflix show is a disaster. But. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not even judging the Netflix show. But yeah, I, I just never got around to that. And and uh, but I, I I still get every single iteration of Magic Order. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the the spy one that he did recently with with with, with Albuquerque with Mateo. So uh, good, dude. It was, it was gorgeous, and then and so good. So, so, but yeah, no, there's there's been and and it was um, Huck was entertaining. So there's there's been I mean no he's he's done doing the stuff for Netflix or, or or just you know taking his his goods to Image has I think that done him a 
the world of good and it, it's he, he's having fun and he's writing stories that that, that he enjoys writing and, and he's working with people mm-hmm. that absolutely bring out the best so it's well that's it's, the thing i mean nice. he's he's by all accounts a great human being and a great partner right. so he has been able to work with just incredible artists over and over because they all say he's fun to work with he's a good you know he's he makes it easy for them and he's financially he's he does them right like I don't know if people know if you if you've read, if you have a copy of this book you'll see that it's it says uh, it says a Mark Miller and Netflix production. Mark is an employee of Netflix. He signed it. He 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 grabbed a bag from Netflix a few years ago. Basically everything he makes that they have the rights to. And uh, the aforementioned Jupiter's Legacy is a TV. They did a TV show, right. but it's terrible. So hopefully they'll improve <laughs> off of their first effort. But but the, he still. I mean, he's an. I believe he is actually an employee of of Netflix. Um, but. Uh, but like the, I mean, the artists that he's worked with. I mean, like in terms of creator owned, J.G. Jones, Ashley Wood, uh, Goran Parlov, Duncan Forgrado, Sean Gordon Murphy, uh, Eric Canetti, Raphael Albuquerque, Poppy Capullo. Um, uh, that I, one was a bit of a whiff. That was a whiff, actually. Yeah, no, but yeah. but he. But my point is, is, is Capullo happily yes. worked with him? Yep. Um, uh, Olivia Quipel, uh, Stuart Eminen, uh, uh, D.K. Ruan. Uh, Scalera, so Pepe Lara, so like dude, dude is, I mean, he pretty much can work with anybody he wants. Like these are all, especially when he worked with them, they were like top of the game hot artists. So um, yeah, I have definitely enjoyed. I mean, I loved the first volume of Magic Order so much, and um, now that we're like entering the fourth, I I I have two and three, I just haven't read them, so I need to read them ASAP. Same, yeah, yeah. Um, but I dug Prodigy, I dug Hook. Uh, Space Bandits too, because he worked with Mateo on that as well. Um, before he worked with them on King of Spies, so uh, the fact they also look at these guys come back and work with them too is, is indicative, right? That he must be a pretty cool dude, because uh, like they, these guys seemingly are willing to clear their schedules and work with them again. But I don't know about what not like I don't know what Wanan Ramirez did before this. Um, I had never heard of the name before, so. Um, out there knows what what he did before i'd I'd be curious i guess out of the three of us i'm the the miller noob because i yeah you don't yeah it doesn't seem like you vibe on miller that much um i can't say i dislike his work i -hmm. just i don't know i just don't make it a point to read it which could be saying something in and of itself i don't know oh yeah it could be the subject matter yeah i mean you're not big on spy so you wouldn't read that uh maybe Uh, the old me wasn't big on spy but i'll I'll read his Yeah, and like Magic Order seems like it's tailor made for me, but I just never got around to reading it. I don't know. Well, at Maybe- this point with four, with the fourth miniseries looming, uh, I assume we're probably going to get some kind of big old collected edition of it. I mean, because they're going to have enough of it now, they're going to have twenty four issues, which is definitely hard deluxe hardcover slash omnibus level. That's going to be a pain in the ass with the royalties. I mean, I don't worry about that, but I mean, he's got he's got different artists on each one. What's that matter? I'm sure he's. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anything. I mean, if there's anything I'm sure of is that Miller's got his IP on lock, right? Like, I'm sure, like, there's not going to be any standing in the way of him repackaging the stuff if he needs or wants to. No, yeah. They'll get their money. Everybody gets their money. Oh, for sure. Everybody gets paid. Yeah. McFarlane. One on did a Dark Hawk series at Marvel, which I I clearly would have read. So, uh, so Mario will tell you about it. What's that? Mario. Mario will tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so he's he's done a bunch of Marvel stuff. Is actually the the Genesville miniseries. Uh, 
um, which I didn't. I wonder read. if you worked on any of the uh, Guardian stuff that uh, that Duggan wrote. No, I don't mean okay. not that because I, I well I read all that so I don't remember the name, but yeah, uh, it's, I guess possible, but I don't. Yeah, and then like no, I think those are the two big big works he's done before. He he did some fill in work for like he did like FF number eleven, Tony Stark Iron Man number fifteen, Champions number five. So he did like he's been doing a lot of fill in stuff I guess over the last few years. Look at mm-hmm. you. You're on the ball, Jason Wood. The Am ball. I? Maybe on your balls. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, Christ. I think that, that's enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, our Indian travels are probably going to take a minute. So I'm going to say it, and I'll say it again. We have to thank our beautiful patrons for making this possible. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics check it out if you would be so kind in your travels i i have to preface this by uh with the fact that i really enjoyed this book Mm -hmm. but in the the spirit of comics should be ridiculous Mm -hmm. uh this book is very ridiculous where if you dwell upon the premise too long, it's just, it's dumb. I, I think there's a, the, 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 the writer thought it was a cool idea, but maybe really didn't think it through to its, didn't really put the idea to its paces because, like I said, the more you think about it, the more it's like, what, how is this even possible? Um, it's, uh, of course, Chroma by De Felici. And um, the, the whole, the concept is there was at one time uh, this being called the King of Colors. And he lived in, in, in harmony with uh, humanity until uh, a human invented a new color and that pissed him off so he beset the world with these giant lizards and the lizards uh, they can't see black and white they just can see in color so this group of people walls itself off from the rest of the world and leeches all of their color out of their bodies. Their eyes have no pigment. Their skin has no pigment. Their hair has no pigment. It's either black or white. And... Uh, Further people or further uh, children that are born, if they have any pigment anywhere, they're they're killed to perpetuate the 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 anti color. Because if you go out into the world, that this is their theory. If you go out into the world and you have any color on you, the the lizards will see it, and it won't be pretty. But if you're in black and white, you can traipse around the the environs of this walled city in relative safety like i said how can you leech all of the color out of your body like it doesn't make any sense 
How how does one and and if if you look at the book, the the beings are not that technologically advanced like it doesn't seem like there there there's there's no cyber in this book at all it it looks like i mean the architecture is is beautiful but it looks like this this hastily constructed city where it doesn't even look like there's power lines in this thing so how do you go about adjusting your biology to not have color. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, the more you think about it, the more it falls apart. But I think the book is fun if you just suspend that disbelief for uh, a couple, uh, well, a long time. And uh, then there, there's this, this kid uh, named Zet, and he seems to be fairly close to the person in charge. He's being groomed as either a bodyguard for this this. Um, high and mighty or to take the place of the high and mighty and and he's he's got questions he's got a lot of questions like jason or tony it's like tony um they have this ritual every so often every so many moons where they have this this black egg and within the egg is um a, a creature in quotes the that's supposed to mimic the lizards that um, they're also uh, sequestered uh, because of, and they they chase this 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 creature and they beat the shit out of it, and it turns out that it's a young girl who has pigment in her eye, in her eyes. She's got a blue eye and a green eye. She's like David Bowie, and um, she's she's walled up in this this tower. She's a prisoner, and Zet frequently goes to her and 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 talks to her like and has questions. Uh, about a whole bunch of things uh he's just he's he's trying to get to the root of of why things are the way they are and they don't make sense and and what's going on but the the conceptually the book works because the majority like without within the city it's 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 in gray grayscale right black and white and grays but once they get out of the city it's in full process color which is neat you see the lizards and the lizards have three eyes it's like giant crocodiles and um i mean blood is obviously very stark amidst the uh like they even put color over their food they whitewash they they put like like du- dust on their food to make it not have colors it's just weird does this make any sense to you guys at all right it's just weird it but weird. Yeah. but i but the art is so beautiful Mm-hmm. That I just like I put all that sh- all those questions I have on the back burner. Maybe I'm not picking up on something. I don't know, but uh, the art is just gorgeous, and um, that's what is propelling me through this series. That uh, Lorenzo De Felici's art is just astounding. But like I said in, in the in the first couple pages, it starts off full blow like glorious color. You see this bird. This little bird, it's flying along, having a good day, you know, tee, tee, tee. It's, it has a red underbelly and it has blue feathers and in comes this bird of prey and it's, it snaps at it and it kills it. And the bird falls into the pale city in front of this, this kid. And he's like, holy shit, color. Like he's afraid of the color. It's just odd. It's, it's an odd premise. I, I, I understand where the, where Felici was coming from. Uh, in concept but it just like the more you try and penetrate 
the the backstory it just does, it falls apart i think i it should be a glowing review for a book that looks this beautiful i mean the the art is astounding uh but just don't think too hard about the premise and maybe mm-hmm. somebody out there will correct me maybe i missed something within the narrative that i should have picked up on but it's like a house of cards to me i'm just pretending that i don't see the stack and enjoy yeah. enjoying the the visuals but um yeah read it and see if you come to the same conclusions it ends on a super cliffhanger like what you don't know where the book's going after this so and it's a it's only a four issue series so they're extra sized issues prestige format i think 7.99 an issue i think well worth the price for this kind of art wow so check it out chroma number 1 by lorenzo di felici from image now we have an image arama yes we do uh because, um, or if we didn't, we do now. We do, but, because of Miller, the right. nightclub. Well, continuing the Orama. Uh, second issue came out yesterday. I haven't read it yet, but the first issue of Gospel by Will Morris was enough to kind of make me see where where we're going with this. It it it's The cover's... Are wonderful. I, I noticed the cover in the solicit, and and the covers by Ver, and it 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 looks astounding. And in the back matter of the first issue, Morris mentions that you know they were working on the cover, uh, but that in um, Edinburgh he saw Ver's work, and and that's basically all it took. And that that that's just doing the cover for the series. But Will Morris writes and draws Gospel, and uh, it's um. It, it starts off pretty straightforward where, where this huge, massive, gigantic wild boar is running through the street. And uh, this this green-haired woman is yelling at everybody to get out of the way. It, it's it's set in olden times. And uh, she's trying to get everybody to safety. And, and the boar is barreling down towards her. Ends up running into a house and, and knocking the house down. And going through other buildings, and she finally fools the boar and and does some leaps off some awnings and some roofs and comes down with a uh, with a sword. And before we can see the killing blow, uh, we cut to a person in a pub telling this story. Uh, and there's a young young lad overhearing this story. Um, and then he confronts the storyteller after everybody leaves the pub and, uh, and, and the kid's like, you know, um, the story, the story gets told over and over and somewhere the truth gets lost and all that bloat. And the old man takes offense and he's asking if, uh, you know, you're trying to embarrass me. And he's like, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I just, I, I know your story. I know the truth of it because I wrote it. And then we get the telling of what actually really happened. And that huge, massive, gigantic boar was anything but. It, 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 the, the little pig looks about as little bigger than maybe Lucas. And it's just embarrassing our heroine as she's trying to capture it. Um, and that's kind of where the story goes where you know we meet 
the the green haired lady, her name is Matilda, the storyteller, the person who told the tale that has grown. Uh, his name is Pitt. Um, and as Pitt is is talking to um, to his friend, um, I don't. It, while while he's talking to to Matilda and they're having a conversation, we we, we kind of cut to a present day setting where um, this bearded gentleman who lives in a home he looks like a bit of a hoarder and and the house is a mess and there's a lot of old stuff that really hasn't been taken care of over the years. Uh, there's a woman who seems to be a caseworker and um, she. Uh, she's she's there um it not really quite sure why she's there if she's there because she wants to i, I don't know if she's a social worker i'm not quite sure really what she's it, it, it's it's a whole thing with the, to do with the guardianship and and so she's trying to get to I don't know if she's trying to get this guy out of his house, but before they can get down to business, he wants to tell another story to her. So that, that that's kind of, I, I'm, I'm seeing where the whole gospel idea comes into play with, with, with the title of this book, but he, he, he's going to tell her another story and she's looking a little frustrated. Um, and we cut back to, to Pitt and, um, and a woman that he's sweet on and then he beats up with, uh, Matilda again and then some things that should have um that I think were designed to make Matilda look more like a heroine um kind of backfire and that's where we kind of see things aren't really as clear definitely not as clear as I'm trying to explain this book is but it, it's 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 enough where I kind of want to see where Will Morris is, is going with these characters and 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 what the what the concept what, what the idea of this book might be about the art. I'm digging the art. The art's got a little bit of an old school vibe to it. Um, it's it's uh, I'm not trying to say it's you know Hal Foster doing Prince Valiant, but it it, it definitely um, part of it kind of reminds me of those the, the, the those large Sunday comics that that, that I used to read. Um, but it's 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 a funky book, and it really kind of doesn't feel like an image book. If, if anything, really feels like an image book. But it it's um, it's not like really any image book I've read recently. So um, besides the idea of it, the covers by Ver, which are great, um, and just to find out what the hell is actually going on with what they're trying to do, um, I'm curious to see. So I can't wait. I'll I'll be reading the second issue. Um, if not when we're done tonight, then definitely this weekend. But um, but yeah, In Your Travels, Gospel by Will Mars from Image. Looks a lot like Cliff Chang. A little bit of parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Definitely see oh, that. Oh, it looks real nice. Yeah. Jason will hate it because it's a fantasy book. It is a fantasy book. Bro, I'm wondering I just if it's <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, geez. He's so quick. He so is so quick. quick. It's unbelievable. Uh, Oh, man, <laughs> I, I, it, it is one that might might read better as a collection, but I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Ah, it's a really good looking book. I dig it. Uh, in your travels, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Um, Meets He-Man. Oh, I find that Mike Mignola doing non-Hellboy Universe stuff is almost always an instant win for me. Wow. And, uh, you know, the, the stuff he's done with uh, Warwick Cadwell Johnson and, you know, um, and, and then this relatively new partnership he's got uh, with uh, he's writing it, but is is illustrated by uh, Rochelle Arano. Um, we just got the second one shot in this universe called, and by the way, Vince, this is a vampire Orama tonight. So just for the record. Nothing at uh, all wrong with that, my friend. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were talking, I'm talking about Leonid the vampire, a Christmas for crows. Uh, two months ago, we got, uh, the first issue of this new Mignola pocket universe called, uh, Leonid the vampire miracle at the crow's head. Uh, that was released in October to coincide with Halloween. The vibe there was that Leonid is this uh, young, uh, raven-haired little girl. Looks kind of like Wednesday Adams, sort of like visually. Um, and uh, she's an ancient vampire, and she, her, the ship that her casket is in crashes, and some well-meaning villagers find the casket and bring her back to uh to town and 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 she's very cute and they like her they love her they love her presence and they're all joyful but she's an ancient vampire so like she may look cute but uh hijinks ensue that was the first issue and and so this is this one obviously is christmas in its name it is christmas themed but very marginally so it takes place at christmas but it's just another one shot of a, of a horror book um and uh, and basically it's like almost like a black mirror type of a thing or a twilight zone thing like it's like, be careful what you wish for seems to be the vibe of each of the issues. And, and, and I have to be vague here because the, the whole conceit of it is to not is to be surprised by the twist. But but um, but R- Rochelle Arano, who I think has a. Um, this is the first comics that uh, or the first like direct market comics she's done, but she has a, a, a YA illustrated book series uh, that I believe is a pretty massive hit. Um you know, again, not my world, but I think like she's a big deal in the YA market. So the fact that she's doing comics now is a, a pretty big deal for a lot of people. Um, her style's really, um, that's indicative to me of like, um, kind of like a Max Viumara vibe. Um, that's probably the, like the artist that it, it most closely resembles. Um, but, uh, maybe like, um, who's homeboy that did chew with, uh, with uh oh in, uh, Gillery? Yeah, Rob Gillery, like kind of like a little bit of that kind of kind of kind of take. Um you know, like like almost like like skinny, sometimes like stick figurey bodies with with long cartoony faces. That that's the kind of uh, of style it is. But uh but yeah, I mean th- this issue is a similar setup in that some it's a mountain town, they find the coffin uh among a wreckage of a carriage. They bring her back and uh um and then uh, her 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 antagonist that we meet in the first first issue um is back kind of like the uh the van helsing of the of the book and they have a big battle and um it's just a clever book it looks great it it if you're it, i feel like mignola is another person that just knows they know where their puzzle pieces fit so if you're 
I feel like it's he's if you're a fan of Mignola, I would imagine it's not too often you read something that he writes that you're not going to like. And uh, this is more of that. So um, I just I'm so far behind on the Hellboy and BPRD that it's refreshing to be able to read these one shots that he does every so often because I can just get a little taste of the Mignola talent without having to jump back in and read a gigantic chunk of incontinuity stuff. So, uh, and, and I think his plan is to continue to put out fairly regularly um, one shots of uh, Leonid. And I assume they're doing one shots because of Rochelle's commitments to her own YA books would be my guess. Good stuff's worth waiting for. So they say, yeah, I'm so behind on uh, BPRD. I don't even know how it ended. That's the thing. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I like didn't read any BPRD until we were like eight trades in, and then I bought all the trades I remember and that. read those eight. But then I think we probably had another ten since then. Yeah, but thankfully they published those massive uh, collections, like 400, 500 page collections. So you can... yeah, and and there was a um, humble bundle not too long ago that I availed myself of. So I have like all the digis of it. So it's there when I want to read it. Nice. Excellent. Well, everybody, thank you for being here once again. We hope you come back next time. We have something special planned. Yeah, it's our, it's our, um, it's not, it's not, it's not a surprise we talked about last week because it is our patron theme episode. It is an all-manga episode, the long-awaited, much-anticipated all-manga episode. We will have uh, Mr. Mike Del Vecchio in the fourth chair joining us. Mike is a unabashed manga fan, probably as passionate, if not more so, about manga than Vince. I guess they can they can put their dicks on the table and we can measure later. Oh, I'm out. Yeah, I, I there can't, you go. I can't. But uh, but no, he is a he is a manga a manga maniac. Which is why we thought it'd be great to have him on the show. Um, we have a specific book which we are keeping as a surprise that we're going to do all. We all read. We all will have read, and uh, we'll discuss book of the month style. But there's some other 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 manga. It won't be just that. We'll have other stuff to talk about as well. So, but it'll be all manga focused. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny to um, equate manga with book of the month. In this case, it's like you know twenty books. To equal one book of the month, it's, it's stuff goes on forever, uh, but we're, we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun, and I cannot wait for him to get here. Um, go buy some comics, hold your loved ones, kiss them, stay safe in this weather if you're on the uh, the East Coast because uh, we're getting slammed, and uh, say good night. Damn it. Oh, you okay. suck. In the side of the mountain. <laughs> it's titties and beer. <laughs> I noticed even the critics were acting weird up here. And so I figured I might just drink a little beer. David. Give me some of that. What's your name? Guy was a fucking genius. I'm sorry. There you go. If Skype would only allow a plugin that would let me do a soundboard type thing where I could just click on a There's button. There's not a plugin for that? No. 
I listen to lots of podcasts that you sound David. Well, I think those are very good. I, I think those are the guys that actually use a mixing board where something like that is possible on a mixing right. board. But with our current setup, Skype will not allow it'll it, I could play audio files alongside like you won't hear them I'll hear them and the, the most important part audacity won't pick them up or not audacity um audio hijack yeah. won't pick them up so it's it's the point is moot but if I had a soundboard every time you said something I would have the Jason soundboard where if you said something that would trigger me, I would hit a button and it would make a sound. It'd be like, Gore. we need, I mean, why don't we, we need a soundboard. I've said that from day one. All, like I said, I listened to a podcast called the fantasy footballers. They use a soundboard nonstop. It's a bit like Howard Stern and Fred though. Like it could be overdone yeah. where every time you said something and I had a fart sound on it, you'd be like, dude, if you put that fart sound on me one more time, I'm done. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it would wear out. It's it's it would wear thin because. But I'd be you would you would bastardize it after. But but for a few yeah. weeks it'd be funny. I would be extremely compelled to put fart sounds behind your your speeches. Yeah, I'd probably quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find a soundboard. Uh, all right, everybody. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a run. Yeah, I just picked up this new book. Oh, come nah, on. I'll be out. I know. Be out. You can't take it. I don't have a fart. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what is what does a GF fart smell like? Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. It's not the thing. Gas free. We are so out of here. Please come back next time. We love you so much. Tell them you love them. Oh, absolutely love them. Yeah, and I they're loving Advent calendar. Yep. Of course they are. Thirty <laughs> minute drive. Thirty minute drive. DAP style chat tonight. There we go. Driving in the freezing rain. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. And the GF farts. Fuck them. That's it for that one. <laughs>